Welcome to the Philippe Matthew Show at www.thepmshow.tv. Named the Oprah of the Internet by Mark Victor Hansen, Philippe Matthews doesn't ask questions that are different. He simply asks questions that make a difference. The Philippe Matthews Show features best-selling authors, thought leaders, change agents, and world-class experts in the field of personal, spiritual, and professional development. An internet marketing entrepreneur, Philippe is the creator of the How Mindset Movement. Philippe is dedicated to teaching people how to move from the mindset of hope to the process of how. If you are ready to take your life to the next level, move from the mindset of why to why not, and discover the power of how. Tune in right now to this latest edition of The Philippe Matthews Show and watch your life grow. So, I'm off the tennis court. I know you don't want to hear about my victory. You probably want to. Yeah, let me talk, talk to me about the victory because it's, all, it's the top of mind. It's top, you brought it up, Doc. Nobody else cares. <laughs> my kids don't care. You know. Well, who did you beat? you had intention. Yes, absolutely. And it's obviously working for you, yeah. <laughs> at least on the tennis court. Right? So you were talking to Deepak? I was talking to Deepak, and we were talking about, uh, well, his latest book, Synchro Destiny. Yeah, I've read it. And, and we, you know, the, the, I think there's a chapter in there about intention, and it's something I didn't really think about until I, you know, heard about this, and a couple of other people I talked to, Dr. John F. D. Martini, who I think has shared the stage with you once John before. Yeah. And you're now talking about the power of intention. And it really is more than just uh, willpower or just, uh, you know, uh, a stick-to-itiveness. Yes, absolutely. Most people think of intention like that. They think, well, if I have an intention to do something, then nothing's going to stop me. Nothing's going right. to stop my way. I'm, it's like a pit bull attitude about, uh, you know, what I want in life. But uh, a lot of the, uh, you know, the, the great uh, teachings, particularly the teachings of Castaneda and, and that whole uh, world of sorcery and so on. They they uh, talk about intent not as something that you do, but as a field of energy that uh, everything in the in, everything in the universe is intended here from a source. And uh, you know, most of us think you know. I always ask the question in my talks: uh, wh- you know, Where did where did you come from? Mm-hmm. Um, rather than who are you? But uh, that whole idea of where did I come from? And most of us think, well, we came. It's hard to imagine, but our parents probably did it. And uh, you know, and there was this one little tiny <laughs> drop of. Uh, human protoplasm, uh, that microscopic dot that contained everything I needed for this physical universe, and that was my beginning. Uh-huh. But quantum physics teaches us that if you look at that dot and you, and you try to take it down to its tiniest component, uh, you'll find that, uh, that there are no particles in there, that basically it's a, it's a field of energy. And, uh, and that field of energy that we come from uh, is invisible, has no form. And, and I think the basis of quantum physics is this, that particles do not create more particles. And that's what Jesus said uh, 2,000 years ago. It's the spirit that gives life. So yes. everything is intended here from a source. The Fascinating. Basis, the basis of this, um, of this book is that uh, you have to be like that from which you emanated. You know? mm. Just reconnect to your source. And when, when the fact is that you, I'm trying to look at what is, what, is the source, what does the source look like? What does this energy field 
that is responsible for everything, including the minerals, the vegetables, the animals, the trees, you know, the everything, the mm -hmm. automobiles, the planets, everything shows up from this invisible uh, field of energy called intention. What does it look like? What does it feel like? What does it sound like? And you have to be like that. Yes. And basically, when we got here from this field of intention, uh, we uh, we took on something called an ego, and this ego it really makes convinces us that we're separate from God and we're separate from our source and we're separate from everybody else and that who we are is not this divine energy. It's really helped yeah. us like uh, kind of forget who we are. Yeah. Where we come from. Yeah, we and we have a tendency to believe that who we are is what we have and what we do and who we defeat and yeah. who, you know and how much stuff we collect and uh, what our reputations are and this this is really about reconnecting to our source, because Castaneda said it isn't a question of whether you're connected to source. Everything is connected to source. You wouldn't be here if, it, if you weren't. But the question is, how dirty is the link? Mm, nice. Between, between yourself and that, and it's like this is about cleaning up the link and uh, and and living from what we call source energy, and that's the power of intention. So it is the force of nature. The force of nature. When you connect to it, when you act like it is then you get, you regain the same power that it had and because you and it are one and so this now gives you once you reconnect to it and start you know start living at that energy level you have the power to create you have the power to manifest you have the power to heal you have the power to attract into your life virtually anyone any assistance that you need for whatever it is that you'd like to to have in your life you virtually become a magician, if you will, mm. uh, but it means staying in source energy. And, and source energy, I call them the seven faces of intention. And these faces of intention, it's like one of them, for example, is the face of kindness, um, that, that, that an energy field that can create worlds. I mean, this thing can create entire worlds. It mm -hmm. uh, doesn't need to create anything that it's unkindly toward. It doesn't, need, doesn't, have, to ha it doesn't have any hatred in it. So every single time you have a thought that's unkind towards someone else or something else, you have left source energy. You have resisted being at source energy, and you've lost your ability to uh, to attend. And that's 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 it's sort of it's been a really a lot of fun writing it, and it's uh, you know. It's, well, you started this back um, when you were going through your your surgery, and you I think it was uh, Castaneda. You started reading uh, him at that point in time. Yeah, exactly. Is that right? Yep, and I came across that quote that is uh, the display quote for the very first chapter. Uh, in the universe, there is an immeasurable, unmeasur unmeasurable force, which shamans call intent, and absolutely everything that exists in the entire cosmos is attached to intent by a connecting link. And I carried that around with me, and I thought about it, and the interesting thing is that on March the 8th, uh, this thing is a national television special. It's going to be on every PBS station in the United States. Incredible. Uh, You're going to 133 stations. Yeah, well, 133 stations are going to be on that night. There's actually 300 and some stations, and all of them will play it. They expect in March we'll have something like 715 uh, airings of this show, and it's a four-hour show in prime time. So to me, it's like it, it, it isn't it's like such a wonderful benefit to me. It's uh, it's like using the energy of the uh, of the public television stations to uh, to raise to raise money, of course, for PBS, but more than that, to raise the consciousness. So Absolutely, it's a really it's a phenomenal thing. And even doing an interview with you, all of this kind of stuff, putting it out on the internet, talking about it, this is a this is a shift in energy, and it's the kind of shift that. Uh, that the whole planet, including the George W. Bushes and the Saddam Husseins and uh, you know the Donald Rumsfelds and and everybody else that's out there, we really need to shift into this kind of an awareness that uh, all of us come from the same source and uh, and 
as the Native Americans say, no tree has branches so foolish as to fight among themselves. Mm, very good. I also believe that uh, it's time and that uh, we are searching, the collective people, are, the masses are searching for something much higher than what they've been getting every week or every Sunday going to their regular uh, doctrine or through their regular doctrine. So I think the success of this PBS special and, and what's happening with you with this particular book and this particular uh, uh, genre of intention is significant. Oh, I do too. I really do. I think people are leaving organized religion in, uh, in just massive numbers. Right? Yes. One of the reasons that they're doing it is because if you measure, if you measure organized religion on, a, you know, on the Hawkins scale of, uh, you know, whether it weakens or strengthens you, uh, when you ask people questions about uh, organized religion and uh, what impact it has on your life and so on, and you do kinesiological tests, as you see that it weakens you because uh, organized religion divides people up. It uh, mm. compartmentalizes people and it makes really some does. people eligible and some people not. Yeah. Whereas spirituality is something that unites people, and uniting anything that unites us as a people strengthens us, and anything that divides us weakens us. So we have to look at, at what are the things that are out there that divide us and carve us up. Our, you know, our political organizations, our, our sense of nationalism, our, our patriotism, our, our religion, our organizations, uh, so much of that stuff is designed to pit uh, one of us against the other. Mm -hmm. There's very little out there. There's not enough out there, I should say that really uh, looks at, uh, at, at how we are all connected, how we all come from the same source. What I like about this is, as you said, it doesn't compartmentalize and it doesn't, you know, uh, you know segregate us. It, intention it really is a part of our normal evolution. Yeah, intention is, it's like uh, intention is that field of energy that, you know, like, if you want to know what it, what it sounds like, uh, here's, here's what it sounds like. Here's Krishna. Who is the who is the voice of this source uh, in the Bhagavad Gita speaking? Uh, I am the source of all. Everything emanates from me. If you want to know what it feels like, what it feels like is this: um, if you open up the uh, the Torah, the, the Old Testament, the opening line in Genesis one one says, "In the beginning, God created heaven and earth." And then, if you look at Genesis one thirty one, thirty one lines later, it says, "And all." that God created was good. Mm -hmm. So good and God are the same thing. So f what does it feel like to be connected to source? It feels good. So if you call my cell phone uh, and listen to the message, it's going to say, hi, this is Wayne Dyer that you've reached, and I want to feel good. <laughs> if your message is designed to do anything other than that, you've reached the wrong number. <laughs> you to call Dr. Phil or somebody else. <laughs> Like uh, I just want to be giddy. I just want to get high. I just want. To feel it's good. not a band aid, is it? No, no. It means I want to feel God. God yes. is God. If you look at the Gnostic Gospels that didn't make it into the New Testament after the fourth century, when the when the New Testament was rewritten, and, and what books were decided, what Gospels were going to be in, and what Gospels weren't going to be in by the uh, by the Emperor Constantine and his Council of Nicaea, uh, you find that uh, you know they they discovered these in the Dead Sea Scrolls uh, in 1945 mm. up in Nag Hammadi up in uh, Upper Egypt. And one of those books is the uh, is the Gospel of Mary Magdalene, and another is the Gospel of Saint Thomas, which I've been reading. And uh, they don't refer to God at all. They refer to the good. So the God and the good become the same. So when you say, I want to feel good, what you're really saying is, I want to feel God, which means I want to feel exactly like that, that sense of well-being that uh, everything emanates. I want, to feel, I, want to I want to feel like my source. Yes, I want to feel like that. So that, and and well, people say, well, 
how can I feel good when there's so much bad going around? Mm -hmm. So many people out there who are who are being mean to each other. When my sister-in-law has cancer, when there's people uh, with dying, soldiers dying, dying of explosions and so on. And the response to that is that uh, you can't feel bad enough. You can't feel bad enough to make uh, someone else's life better. You can't get confused enough to unconfuse one person. You can't get sick enough to heal one person out there. So that any time that you're feeling anything other than good or the God, or, or God, then uh, what you are doing is you are contributing to rather than encouraging, uh, mm. you know, to um, you know to to reconnect to their own. You're people. part of the problem, not the solution. Right. Exactly. Fascinating. Yeah. Fascinating. Yeah, good stuff. Very much so, very much so. How long did it take? Well, what kind of research did you do for this for this book? I know you did uh, a lot of research on on Constanata, but what, what are what are some of the other sources that you pulled from as you started uh, putting this uh, together? Honestly, Philippe, it's everything. I mean, I, I've read the Gospels, I've read the, the New Testament, the Old Testament, the Bhagavad Gita. When I sit down to write, I, I surround myself with uh, with every uh, everything that's even related to this kind of thing. But basically, my research is going within. Uh, making conscious contact with God, uh, meditating, and uh, and asking for guidance. Mm. Uh, they say, you know, in the Course in Miracles, it says, if you knew who walked beside you at all times on this path that you have chosen, you could never experience fear or doubt again. So it's like I never have any doubt when I go to talk. I don't have any doubt. I know that I will have that. I, I'm, I know I'm connected to Source, and I will have that Source energy available to me. And I feel the same way when I write. So that my research is really just going within and and uh, and listening to uh, to the guidance that I receive. And my view is that God writes all the books and, and delivers all the speeches and builds all the bridges. Yes. And, uh, the rest of it is uh, our beliefs that it's our egos that are doing it, and, and that's an illusion. Absolutely, absolutely. What is your process uh, of writing? What I, do you do? I well, first of all, I don't use a computer and I don't use a typewriter. Really. Phenomenal. 
You know, they, they, they have dubbed you the father of, of motivation. Where do you think that come from? Well, it's interesting because, uh, you know, I have eight children and I don't need another one named motivation. <laughs> I hope there's <laughs> But uh, I don't really think of myself as a motivator any longer. I think there's a real difference. I think motivation is something like this. Motivation means that you get a hold of an idea, something that you really would like to do, mm -hmm. and then you go to work on it, and you don't let go of it, and uh, you carry through, and you and you have the discipline, and you work hard, and and uh, and you're motivated. Mm -hmm. You know, you're continuously motivated to to use this idea that you have uh, and and make it work. There's something called inspiration, which is quite different. And inspiration is uh, when an idea, instead of you getting a hold of an idea, this is when an idea gets a hold of you. Mm -hmm. And it's it's like a force that uh, gets grabs a hold of you, and you really feel almost powerless uh, around this. I mean, most most great artists that I've ever spoken to, and, and great writers, and, uh, and Carl Jung spoke about this. He said that you know, at some moment, he said at the same moment that you're a protagonist in your own life, making choices. You're also the spear carrier or the extra in a much larger drama, mm. and that you, you know, that all of us are uh, sort of doomed to make choices, and uh, which is, uh, you know, sort of a paradox. You're doomed, but you're also making choices. And I think that uh, the sense of uh, when, when a purpose or an idea or something in the universe just gets a hold of you, and it is pushing you, and you can't stop yourself, and okay. that's inspiration, and that's what makes you paint and makes you draw and makes architects work and makes, uh, you know, makes mothers uh, uh, feed their babies and, and all of those kinds of things. And I, I would much rather be considered the father of inspiration than mm. motivation. I love that. Fascinating. I love that. Um, tactical, practical here with, with the power of intention. Uh, let's say someone wants to create uh, wealth for themselves or, or have a better career. How do they practically use the power of intention to do that? Well, first of all, they have to, whatever it is that they want for themselves, um, in that regard, they have to want it more for others than they do for themselves, and they have to act upon that because that's how source energy works. See, again, you have to reconnect to source. The source, the, so One of the seven faces of intention is the face of abundance. So here, this, this field of energy from which all things emanate, it knows nothing about scarcity. It doesn't know. It wouldn't even know how to relate to something called scarcity. Okay, so if you go to this source in prayer or in meditation or you know, in just quietly asking, uh, with a, with a sense of scarcity, it will reinforce your belief in scarcity, and you'll continue to attract that. When Saint Francis uh, wanted to have peace, he didn't say to God, you know, just send me some peace. I really need to have some peace. Uh, assuming that uh, there's an absence of peace in the world, this source that is a source of peace doesn't couldn't be something that it isn't itself. Mm -hmm. So he didn't ask that. What he said was, "Make me an instrument of thy peace. Let me be." So you have to do the same thing with abundance. You have to become an instrument of abundance, and you have to see yourself as abundance. You have to you have to contemplate yourself as surrounded <laughs> by all of the forces and the factors and the and the conditions that you that you need to uh, to attract.
the amount of water that is displaced by what you put into it. So now all of the ships in the world are built out of things that don't float. Uh, and so it's like, and, and, and we're celebrating Orville and Wilbur Wright right now, uh, but the, the law of flying, you know, the reason that we get into, fly, into airplanes and can fly wasn't discovered by the contemplation of the staying on the ground of things. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was discovered by the contemplation of, of all of the ideas uh, and all of the conditions that you need in order to get something off the ground. And when that's, that's the basic, simple answer to what you are speaking about, is that people who have a scarcity consciousness go to God and ask for, um, ask for more, ask to it, because they believe that they don't have enough. Mm. But the universal source doesn't know anything about not having enough, because it's in the constant state of creating. And it's the same thing with healing. You know, Fascinating. If you go to... Oh. If you go to the universal source and, and ask to be healed, uh, you're going to a source that's called a source of well-being. It doesn't. The source doesn't bring disease into the world. Right. You know, disease comes from all of our ego consciousness and all of our uh, unhealthy habits and all of the things that we have created as an, as individuals and as collective people. So healing is a word that means I I have something that is missing that I need to be fixed in my life. But you you can't do that if you want to be, if you want to quote be healed. What you have to do is. Uh, Contemplate yourself as a, you 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 have to be someone who who attracts well being mm-hmm. in your life rather than someone who is trying to overcome illness. Mm-hmm. So you that's a big difference. Mm-hmm. You know? So you're constantly seeing yourself as surrounded by whatever it is that you need to be healed. You know that this universal force can only provide that for you, and you continually uh, behave and act in that way. That's what it takes. To, uh, to understand intention. That is so powerful. My God, that is huge. Yeah, it is. It that is. is huge. And that's what this book is and does. And uh, and this book, I'm, I mean, I, I'm holding, the, I don't know, did you get a copy of the book? It's coming today. Yeah, well, the book, I hold it in my hand and I look at it and I think, where was this book a year and a half ago? <laughs> where was it? It was like it was just an idea. It was just, and because, and, and it is the result in the preface of the book. What I said was at the opening of the spec, this book that you're now holding in your hands, and all of the information it contains was once a formless idea residing in the invisible, invisible domain of the field of intention. Yes. Yes. It was, and this book was intended into the material world by applying the same principles that are written about. And and it's true of everything. I was out on a boat the other day uh, in a whale watching expedition, and they were saying, you know, this, these little baby whales weren't here a year ago. They <laughs> just didn't. And I thought, these things weigh tons. I said, well, where the hell were they? <laughs> you know, and now they're here. Right. They were intended here from this field of energy. Yeah. Everything is intended. You have to connect to that field of energy, and anything that you want to intend will will and everyone that you need and every event that you need and every person that you need will show up and uh, and you'll attract them and uh, and you'll have whatever guidance it is that you need as long as you stay in a in a field but in, in this connected to this field of energy but the problem is that most people say well I can't do that and instantly when you say I can't do that or when they say that's not possible or when they say I don't deserve that or it's never worked before that's called resistance mm. and the universal source that is constantly in a state of expanding and creating never says, yeah, I can't create anymore. I'm just tired. I need to stay up. <laughs> right. You have to be what it is because that's who you are. Absolutely you know, amazing. So it's like, it, it's like learning to think like that at all times. And, uh, and, and, I'm, and it's, called, it's the difference between resistance and allowing. You either, you're either continuously summoning this source energy or you're resisting it. And, uh, and you just have to ask yourself, 
in your head, you know, which which one, of, which of those two things am I doing? I, I'm making a prediction today. This is your most powerful book to date. Oh, it's no question. It's, this is your most powerful book to date. It's not even mine. I take, exactly. I take the royalties, but I don't. I don't, <laughs> I don't think any of Absolutely. You know, now, obviously you have been tapped into this source even before you maybe were congruent with it. Yeah. Uh, because you've gone through a lot. You've overcome a lot, Doc. Give me a little bit for the readers that, you know, might have been under some rocks or something or been out of the country or off the, on the shuttle somewhere. Give me a little bit about the background of some of the things that you've gone through. I know you went through alcoholism for a moment. and uh, uh, Well, not so much alcoholism um, as, uh, I mean, I, I never thought of my, I was never, my life was never out of control. Okay. Um, but I gave it up uh, a couple of decades ago because... I was really told by a great teacher that uh, again you have to you have to come from from well being. We came from well being. Anything that we put into our body that um, that weakens us. And if you if you hold a bottle of liquor in your hand uh, and put it next to your heart and raise the other hand out straight out and have someone push down on that arm to see if you you will find that just the holding of that liquor next to you will weaken you. And if you hold oh, pure orange juice in the same hand and try it again, you'll find that a strength that there's an energy, in, and it's like the thing. If you're putting into your body that which will weaken it, then you are weakening your consciousness and you're weakening your link mm. uh, to source energy. So I, I really gave it up for for uh, more of of uh, I mean I still drank every day. Uh, I didn't I didn't drink to a point of being out. I've never been drunk in my life. I've okay. Been out of control. I've never had DUIs. But I also play, and I played around with drugs. And I let that go. Okay. And, um, you know, I've had a heart attack, um, which is something that was a, a total shock to me. I didn't think that was possible. Mm-hmm. It really t- it taught me that I'm not my body, and it really put me back in touch with uh, what it was, um, you know, staying as connected as I can to God. Mm-hmm. And um, you know, I grew up in orphanages and foster homes and um, been through the things that almost everybody's been through, been through divorce, been through, uh, you know, a lot of pain, have eight children. And, uh, you know, that can be, and, you know, that can be a, a huge uh, challenge in, in lots and lots of ways. Absolutely. Absolutely. Now, one of the things, and, and, and please correct me if I'm wrong, I do believe that you can or one can tap into the power of intention without necessarily knowing exactly what it is or having a, a definition for it. It works whether you show up or not. Well, yeah, you know, it's like, you know, you are, everybody is connected to this, to, uh, you know, you, you can't breathe, uh, uh, and you can't process any words, and uh, you know there's nothing that you can uh, do without this invisible source of energy. There's something right now that is growing your fingernails. Mm-hmm. You go to mm-hmm. sleep tonight, you wake up tomorrow morning, your fingernails are a little bit longer than they were the night before. Mm-hmm. You didn't do it. You had nothing to do. Something is beating your heart. Something's growing your hair. Something is circulating the food in you, and it's not like you're busy doing all of that. Mm-hmm. You know, all day long saying, "Oh my God, I just ate this food, and I got to make sure it gets to the right place." <laughs> How, yeah. how how close 
are you to that from which you originated? That's really the question. Ah, beautiful question. Now, let me ask you this. Is it really just enough to repeat to oneself, I want to feel good? Yeah, it is. Really? It is, yeah. Especially, especially in moments when you're feeling sick or you're feeling out of sorts or you're feeling guilty or you're feeling fear or you're feeling any, any emotion. You know, emotions are nothing more than just a guidance system to, to explain to you what kinds of thoughts you're using at this moment and, and are the thoughts of the source. Is this how my source thinks or is it not? Is this, is this where I am? You know, I, I, one of the things I say is that you are intended out of love. Mm. So you must be love in order to intend. You must be that. Anytime you're not, you know. Um, and I think the theme of this book is that when you change the way you look at things, the things you look at change. You know, it's like uh, Einstein said that the number one uh, question that you should that you that you have to face in your life is whether you live in a hostile universe or a friendly universe. Mm. Uh, because if you if you if you look at the world as an unfriendly place, then uh, that's exactly what you'll manifest and attract into your life. In your media kit, you, know, you, you say that nobility is not being better than anyone else. It's it's about being better than you used to be. Right. It's about growing. It's uh, it's always it's always about you know that which is alive is growing. You know. So if you look at two flowers and one of them is all wrinkled up and one of them is, is uh, you know green and gr one of them is growing and one isn't. And uh, and life is, is is about growing. Again, it's one of the seven faces of intention. Intention. Mm -hmm is in a constant state of expansion. It is constantly expanding. It excludes nothing and no one. It is always expanding. The question is the same as you are you. And if you're not, then uh, you know, then then you're just repeating what it was that you did before. So a lot of people use uh, being older as a reason why you should listen to me, but uh, you know, there's the old idea that you can you know, you can either have lived 50 years or you can live one year 50 times. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so if you've lived one year 50 times, then what you are doing is you're just repeating the same mistakes over and over and over again, and that's someone you don't want to listen to. Very good. Very good. Well, I guess the toughest question is the last question, and that is, well, what's next next for you, Doc? <laughs> what's uh, next down the pike for you? Well, I'm, you know, I'm just doing this children's book has been really wonderful. I'm, okay. uh, I leave tomorrow for New York and, uh, you know, doing this PBS thing, hopefully. You know, we've raised over $47 million for public television. Oh, my God. Up until now, which is the largest amount of money ever raised by a lecture show ever on PBS. When did you start this with PBS? Uh, 19, let's see, it was, uh, my daughter was 15. She's 22 now, so it was seven years ago, so 1996, wow. I think. Okay. Seven, yeah. Incredible. Forty-seven million, and this show, they expect. You know, I expect that we'll raise fifty million dollars for public television. Yeah, for this show alone. This show is a phenomenal. It was. It was again. It was one of those shows that I just surrendered to, and. Uh, but I never know what's next. I swear, I never know what's next. Where did you shoot it? We shot it in Boston at the uh, at the Emerson University at the Majestic Theater. Okay. Okay. Beautiful, beautiful theater. It was just refurbished, and there was a couple thousand people there, and uh, they had fourteen different cameras, and uh, it's it's really a high quality. Uh, where where are you right now? In Chicago. Well, you'll see it on uh, on, on Chicago Public Television on the eighth of March.